This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. I'm told that uh, Mr. Alex Mashile is on the line. Uh, on that note, may I take this opportunity to welcome Alex. Good evening and welcome. Good evening to you and good evening to the other panelists and the listeners. And thank you very much. You're you welcome, uh, um, Alex. Uh, thanks for, for for sharing your views with us. Earlier on, I sort of gave a perspective uh, as to why um, land restitution is such an imperative issue for the South Africans. But most people don't really get to grasp or get don't get to understand perspective of different political parties from where the party is standing, from where the SACP is standing. Is there appreciation of land reform, not only for political reasons, but as part of the economic transformation? Uh, firstly, I think uh, we must start from the standpoint of what our constitution is saying and conduct a review of how far we have went in implementing the provisions of our constitution. Remember that uh, the status quo at present is a result of deliberate policies that were adopted by the state following colonial conquest and dispossession. So bloody legislation was adopted to ensure that the African people and blacks in general are prohibited to even owning land in their own land. So the status quo that we have came as a result of the state ensuring that it becomes an outcome. But now fast forward to 1996 when we adopted our constitution. That constitution has uh, the Bill of Rights. And of course, as part of that, we have the property clause. And that property clause opens by making it very clear that uh, arbitrary deprivation of property is prohibited. However deprivation of property under law of general application is allowed. Now, we have got to look back to since the Constitution was adopted and answer the question, where is that law of general application in terms of which we can deprive people of property uh, in order to fulfill national interest. The Constitution is also very clear that parliament or the state must ensure that there is equitable access to South Africa's natural resources. And of course, that includes land. At present, we cannot say that that constitutional requirement has been fulfilled because clearly, there is no equitable access to land as we speak. While others are focusing only on race, which is an important issue, of course, because of uh, the colonial history of our country. The reality of the matter is that there are class dynamics as well. Those people who are poor, who are the workers, do not have direct ownership of land. But the Constitution, therefore, allows uh, that legislative and other measures must be implemented to ensure both equitable access as well as redress. We must ask ourselves certain questions. How far have we gone in that regard, given that subsection 8, 
of the property clause makes it very clear that none of the provisions in that clause may inhibit the state to ensure equitable access to natural resources of this country and to correct the imbalances created in the past under colonial oppression and apartheid. That is where we stand. If this laws, if this restitution, redistribution, and uh, deprivation of property laws were passed by parliament and were blocked and the constitution proved to be an inhibitor, there would be no doubt that the next step is actually to amend it in order to correct the historical injustice that the African people and black people in general have experienced and the continuing injustice in terms of which the working class and the poor do not have access to land and other natural resources. Thank you very much, Alex, for, for that insight. But perhaps maybe what the listeners, uh, uh, and, and from where I'm sitting, are quite keen in, in finding exactly how far are we, because some of these issues are pretty much on a public space. Um, how far are we as a country finding that middle ground because this issue is, is, is polarizing the society and we don't seem to find that, that, that middle ground. Um, from where you're sitting as, from a, as a party, to what extent or what will, we, it take, what will it take for us to, to move swiftly? We are very, very, very far. Those people who benefited from white privilege, from capitalist class privilege, from upper class privilege, don't want to let go. They want the status quo to continue. In fact, some of them are even proposing that the land that is in the hands of the state must be privatized. And we know what this means. We know what privatization means. Our primary contradiction is the land that is in private hands, that is owned by trusts, that is owned by banks, while there is mass landlessness in our country. So we are still very, very far. And in fact, the polarization is beyond the issue of emotion. It's an issue of deep-rooted economic interests, where others want to maintain their economic dominance simply because they are white, Others want to maintain their economic dominance simply because they are the capitalist class. Others want inclusion because they are part of the middle class. And the working class must be condemned to reproducing itself to those particular classes. We are still very far. And which is why the African National Congress, in our view, was justifiable to arrive at the resolution that it adopted at its uh, 54th National Conference in December, a resolution that was first adopted by the Communist Party in 1944 and reaffirmed in 2007. We are now at one within our alliance. It must be made very clear. If these laws are uh, implemented and still there is no progress, surely expropriation without compensation must be one of the legal instruments that are available at the hands of the state to ensure that we correct historical injustice. In the first place, the the land was expropriated without compensation. 
I, I, I think thanks for for that point. But perhaps maybe on my part in short, Alex, um, is the we talking of progress which hasn't really been which hasn't gone too far. What would what some people might want to know is the kind of statistical information that we have, or or for us to see have not moved far. What how what proportion of land uh, is owned by blacks? What proportion of land is owned by states? What proportion of land sits with the within the the, the traditional setup and so on and so forth? Because these are some of the questions that gives a global picture, not so much about land that speaks from one uh, from one side of the South African um, society. What is your position on that issue? There is a land audit that uh, was conducted uh, by the uh, Department of uh, Land and Rural Development. It provides those statistics. In fact, the first land audit failed. It could not answer the question because there were trusts that we're owning huge tracts of land and the racial breakdown of their beneficiaries was not very clear, which is why one of the reasons why the second land audit was conducted. But as a matter of fact, in South Africa, as things stand today, the African people, the black majority, are still having, you know, little in their hands while massive tracts of land are in the hands of whites in the hands of, uh, you know, uh, commercial firms, in other words, the capitalist class, and the working class has nothing. Okay. Th- thank you very much uh, for that insight, Alex. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it at that point. At some point, we'll have this kind of conversation at at, at, at much more close and personal uh, uh, view. But on that note, thank you very much, and I appreciate coming through. Thank you very much. You're welcome. That was um, Alex Masila, who is the national spokesperson for the South African Communist Party, giving us a particular a perspective of uh, you know where the land issues is in a way, you know, advocating for 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 what the ANC has put, uh, has, has mooted in terms of land expropriation without compensation. Uh,